You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, Episode 35. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, coaches. Welcome to this week's episode of the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. I got to tell you that Mother Nature has decided to give us just a little bit of background noise for today's show. We're having a spectacular spring thunderstorm. And if you're hearing a little bit of rumbling, some hard rain hitting, or the wind against the windows, it is merely Mother Nature saying hello to the show today. And I'm sure that the ground and the flowers and the bushes are all so happy to be given that drink of wonderful rain. So that's might be going on in the background. And let's talk about what we're going to be doing on today's show. Our guest today is a repeat guest, Dr. Jane Gardner, joined us in episode 29 and shared her divine intelligence process that she uses to help clients rewire their brains and break through the challenges and obstacles that we can put in our own way. At the end of that interview, she promised to come back and share with us a client story as well as some tools and techniques that she uses within her divine intelligence process to help clients rewire their brains. And she certainly makes good on her promise in today's interview. Dr. Gardner is an author, a certified master coach, and a licensed professional counselor. She and I know each other back from the early days when we were both working in the mental health field with one another. And Jane Sense has created this incredible divine intelligence process. She's the founder of the Divine Intelligence Institute. And her new book, Divine Intelligence, Spiritual and Scientific Process for Awakening the God Within, is hot off the presses. And she has an incredible offer for you in that during the interview today. So you're going to want to listen for what she talks about in offering her book today. She also came to me with a very special opportunity for the show, which we're going to talk about in today's interview. So not only will you hear some specific tools and techniques that you can use with your clients, and an incredible story of a client reaching for an incredibly big goal and how she helped him reach it, but also some real opportunities within the interview today to learn more. So let's go to our interview with Dr. Jane Gardner. Welcome back, Dr. Gardner. I'm welcoming Jane Gardner back to the show. Jane was on our show, oh, about a month ago, discussing her divine intelligence process and had promised at that time that she would come back and share a powerful story with us of a client that she walked through the process with and helped get him in touch with his power within. And then we were also going to have some fun and talk about some specific 
tools and techniques. And then Jane has just brought a surprise up for me that we will share with you in the midst of the interview. So be prepared for a wonderful surprise. So welcome back. It's always so good to see you. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is so much fun, Meg. Glad you're having this and setting us all up for us. It's great. Awesome. And great response to your first episode. So I'm excited to be able to reintroduce you to the audience and share even more of your process. So let's maybe start with that story. Can you share with us the experience that you had with this client and sort of the process that you walked through with him, getting him from where to where? Sure. And just to preface, I'm changing some of the particulars so that I don't give this person away. So uh, very responsible thing to do. Yes, yes. Protect his confidentiality. So here's the deal. I like working with people that have big goals. So this person came to me and he was an attorney, but, and he loved what he did, but he wasn't making much money. He wasn't saving much money. You know, he's living paycheck to paycheck, so to speak. So his goal, he said, well, I'll just tell you what I want. I want to have $10 million in the bank when I quit coaching with you. You know, so I went, whoa, now that's a big one. So we started out and one of the principles I have when I work with someone is that we don't really talk about the goal or the money. We talk about how to build up your self-worth because I believe that your self-worth is the same as your net worth. So we work on your relationship with yourself, basically. So we started out and it's actually, it took us to get to the 10 million. It took a year and nine months. Okay. And when I left him, he only had, when we stopped coaching, he had 4.5 in the bank, but he knew his plan. And at that point, you know, it was kind of the tipping point. It was just starting to roll in. So we did. But at the time he started coaching with you, he was living paycheck. He did not have even a hundred thousand in the bank. I mean, yeah. And it sounds like a miracle when I do things like this with entrepreneurs, they always go, wow, this can't, you know, when they come to me, this can't happen. And it's kind of like, well, I'd like to have this. I said, let's do it. So we set him up and I talked to him. It's been about a year now, but a couple of years after that, he called me to tell me he was complete and had the 10 million in the bank. And of course, after that, it just starts to grow and grow and grow because you can invest it and you can do all sorts of fun stuff. So let's talk about how we got him there, right? Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to get rid of the limiting belief that it's a miracle, you know, that it's just going to be something that appears because it's really about focus of your brain. It's really about discipline and being willing to change the way your brain is wired. And that takes a lot of, I'm not going to say hard work, but it takes a lot of time and focus. And intention. Yeah. Intention. It has to be your intention. So his intention was to change his limiting beliefs. And we knew that when we did that, he would change his amount of money coming to him. So he had to believe in my theory so to speak, that when you change your relationship with yourself and start to believe in a higher purpose for yourself and a higher rating or place to hold yourself, that you will then get more of the material things to come to you. So it's about changing your spirit so that the material world will fall in place. It was about discipline. So we developed a very disciplined, we call it a spiritual practice for him in the mornings. Okay, mm-hmm. as well as evening. But we'll, I'll just explain to you what we went through. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So first of all, he defined his goal and he knew what he wanted in material form. 10 million. So we had to equate that with worthiness of how he felt about himself. He had to feel as if he was worth 10 million. Mm -hmm. So we did a process of uncovering limiting beliefs that were holding him back from that. Okay. Okay. And that's about the reason I know how to do that is because of neuroscience, because neuroscience tells us that when you have certain memories, you remember things, then those memories hold a limiting belief. And the reason we know that is because our brain wires around protection. So we only wire in beliefs that will protect us. And I'll give you an example. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to divert for a minute about limiting beliefs. We'll come back to his plan. But just tell me, Meg, where were you on 9-11-2001 on the day that it happened? Do you remember even where you were and what you were doing? I remember exactly where I was. Tell me. I was in a therapy session as the therapist. My client received a phone call during session, which was very unusual. It was her daughter. Her daughter was beside herself because her son worked in downtown New York and her daughter kept asking her, what's the name of the building that this young man worked in? What's the name of the building? And my client was saying, I don't remember. It's in downtown New York. I don't know the name of it. And she said, is it the towers? And she said, I don't think it's the towers. And she said, well, a plane just flew into one of the towers. And we thought that maybe a commuter plane had had an accident. We didn't understand the import of what had happened. But I remember I can to this day see myself sitting in my chair. She was sitting in the love seat across from me. I don't remember what we were talking about for her issues, but I do remember. And then we kind of continued our session. And when I walked out, the TV was on and my partner, Maria, was watching the TV and said, you're not going to believe what happened in New York. And then I saw the tape of the towers coming down. So I was in my office. I remember it as clear as day. Don't you just, even when you tell the story, I can just feel. Yeah, I have. Feeling it's it. just rolling that. over me. The, the dread, the, the overwhelm is absolutely rolling over me even as I share that with you. Okay. So the reason I ask you that is I have never asked anyone that question that doesn't remember detail by detail. And I'll bet you could even tell me what you did the rest of the day. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, just step by step. So what I want to ask you is why would your brain remember that many details as opposed to, say, I ask you what you did on uh you could ask me what I did yesterday, and I probably yeah, wouldn't remember as yeah. well, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but any day, unless it was a significant birthday or something, I could say, you know, August the 4th, 2011, what did you were doing that day, and what would you say? I have no earthly idea, yeah. Okay, so why does the brain remember that day so specifically then? I would assume because it is so emotionally impacted. Okay. Yes, it's overwhelmed, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so the brain, when it when it's in that much trauma, it starts to figure out what can I do, what can I change that would protect me because the brain is about survival. So when that happened, you rewired instantly. You put in a new belief and it was limiting. But what's the belief you put in that day that we all wired in? What was the belief? And we just it was Probably that we're not as safe as we thought we were. Absolutely. That we're vulnerable. 
Yes. Yeah. We're not safe on American soil, mm-hmm. for one thing, because we thought we were. We're not safe in tall, tall buildings. Mm-hmm. We're not safe to fly. Mm-hmm. So we just changed our wiring because before that we felt safe in the United States. It's almost arrogant, you know, yes. but we felt like, hey, nobody's going to bomb us here. And so, the thing that added to that for me in the safety thing was that my parents were on a flight that morning. So oh. not only was I hearing that the planes were, but they were flying across the country. So it was, where are mom and dad? Are they yeah. safe? Yeah. Oh, yes. It just changed our safety. It's the reason we didn't want our children to see it, because we knew it would make them feel scared every moment of their life. Right. So the brain puts in beliefs at traumatic times to protect you. So if I ask you to tell me a memory in your childhood, okay, Mm -hmm. then you're going to tell me a memory where a limiting belief was set up. Yeah. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. the brain doesn't remember things that Mm -hmm. aren't emotional. Okay. So that's how I got to his limiting beliefs. I said, tell me some stories about when you were growing up. Okay. One story he told me was that his dad died when he was four and he was put into position. His mother told him, now you're the man of the family. At four years old. Oh, my. Yeah. So he felt so inadequate, you can imagine, to Mm. take care of his mom, but he tried his whole life. He felt that way until the day he and I met. He thought he was responsible for his mom. We can see what that did to his self-worth because he always worried he wasn't doing a good job. Okay. Um, And there's such a dynamic there and feeling like you're letting mom down and can you ever kind measure up, particularly if she was still caught up in grief and all the stuff that goes along with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it was a lot about, I can't measure up. I can never be big enough. I can never be smart enough. So he had all of that in his head. So as we learned his story, we figured out how he had limited himself. Okay, and then my process gives you the steps to unwire and to wire in a new belief. Okay, so he went through the process and it took nine months for him to rewire his brain. He chose new beliefs to put in, you know, so we completely rewired his brain. And as we went along, he began to see jumps in his income. It took that long, though, nine months for him to get to where he was even solvent because he was in debt when he first saw me. He was paying out. His bills were more than what he brought in. But he began to, this is what changed about him, he began to feel so good about himself that he got out and he started meeting people and he started going to the Chamber of Commerce. He started doing everything that you and I know he should do if he wanted to make more money. But it was a natural thing. He Mm -hmm. was just eager to meet people because he all of a sudden felt better about himself. And so you can see how it all unfolded. That's really dynamic. That's really awesome. So you talked about some of the techniques you use, and one of them is to tap into some childhood stories. Mm -hmm. And for those people who weren't able to hear your first interview, we Mm -hmm. did talk about that this concept of pulling in some past memories was a bit of a struggle for you at first working with the coach Mm -hmm. community around that it's appropriate in coaching to spend some time here because that's not really sort of a belief about coaching. It's supposed to be present to future and yet you continue to maintain and then we're able to back it up with science that we can't just sort of ignore where limiting beliefs come from. 
Mm-hmm. So just a little footnote for those people who didn't listen to your first interview, I would recommend that you do go back and listen to, to Jane's first interview. So in addition to tapping into some key childhood memories, and I would assume that the memories that somebody brings forward tend to be key for some reason. Sure. What else do you do when you work with your clients? Mm-hmm. Well, we practice and I set up what I mentioned earlier as the spiritual practice. So once he identified his limiting beliefs and we wrote some that were not limiting, that were unlimiting, like I can do anything. I can make any amount of money I want or there's an unlimited amount of money to be made out there. Then he started to develop a spiritual practice and it wasn't so much just thinking different. He had to really train. And so it was about mental practice. So we built in a routine for him, what you might call self-care or I call it a spiritual practice because it's about taking a spiritual view, not a religious one, but a spiritual view of how you, of your emotions are. And I think your spirit is tied to your passion. We wanted to take his passion through the roof mm-hmm. about the fact that he could do this. And so we, I asked him to get up in the morning, and the first thing he did was do some writing about what his brain was telling him about it so we could get to what was actually going on up there. Okay. And we just began to uncover that when he was little, that he could remember times when he had these bursts of energies and when he felt like he was on top of the earth, you know, the world. And he would do things like he was a great artist. He got to where he read things in front of his class. And so we incorporated some very, very positive memories. And we began to look at what's called an emotional set point. And we rebuilt his emotional set point to be higher than it was before. So we just helped him. It's called a positive anchor. And we just helped him go back and develop a lot of positive anchors. So like, for instance, if I was working with you, I'd say, Meg, what's a time that you remember doing something that you thought you couldn't do? But, you know, then in the end, you ended up getting the results you wanted and you had success. You just kind of wanted to go, yes, I did it, you know, because it was so big a challenge. Then, you know, I would have you remember that. And I would say, how did it feel, Mm -hmm. you know, to be in that moment? And I would want you to practice feeling that as much during a day as you could. So we built in these little cues for his day where if maybe if he was down, he would go to, oh, I remember when I overcame this or that. And he would bring his energy up because it's all about your frequency to attract people to you. Can you talk a little bit more about frequencies? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's same as energy. It's have you ever been around anybody that, you know, the minute you talk to them, you go, wow, I feel so excited. I feel kind of good about myself. And you start to have more imagination and more ideas just flow. Well, they have a high frequency. But we can develop that ourselves by just going to times in our life and remembering when we were super high. Like we were talking before this interview about having so much fun on Mother's Day, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I had a great Mother's Day. I can go back and I can remember that moment when my daughter gave me this card and it just said everything, you know, about how what a great mother was. You know, you just felt great, enthusiastic, and you felt like you'd done a good job. And so I had a high frequency at that moment. Mm -hmm. So 
you have to build that into your day and practice being that high energy. You could substitute so, the word energy. One of the things that you do with your clients then is to help them recall those so that they're right at their fingertips when they need to recall something or that they can practice with the memories that you help them and, and get into that frequency. And different emotions bring different levels of frequency. Isn't that true? Yes. There's a book called Power Versus Force. And so this is based on research. A man named David Hawkins developed research that showed that the lowest frequency is shame, humiliation, and then we go into fear, and then we go into anger. So anger is really a higher frequency than fear or than shame or humiliation. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I do to help you rewire is I take you with that incident that of the four-year-old when he was told he had to be a man, I take them through this stage of energies and I have them write about each one until they get up to the highest would be, you know, love, peace, happiness, gratitude, uh, bliss, whatever, you know, the highest. Mm -hmm. So I just have them write up to where they can feel it. So it's an important concept. And everything I do in the process is based on a scientific research that I've seen that led me to know that if you do this, it will really work, not just pulling something out of the air and saying, oh, this might work, you know. Right. You really, based on both, not only your years of experience as both a therapist and a coach, but mm. uh, neuroscience and quantum physics, quantum physics mm. and um, spiritual teachings, all of that kind of mm. comes together for your divine intelligence process. Absolutely. It's so fun now to see, though, that, you know, science and spirituality are merging. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like science is showing us what spirituality has told us for years, which is you have this divine intelligence in you. But now we have the proof, you know, that science is giving us. So in my book, Divine Intelligence, I give you that research that shows you why to elevate your frequency to a higher divine intelligence, you want to do this and this and this. So when you work with clients, one of the things that you just said that kind of triggered for me is I'm wondering how much the science backing up your process maybe brings in some skeptics or brings in people who maybe otherwise wouldn't be attracted to the process, but because you're able to back it up with lots of information, you know, what that does for your clients. Well, and, you know, science is basically just our best guess. You're right. At, at the moment, you know, what's true. But there's something about presenting science that removes doubts from the mind. It removes your resistance. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, whether I can help someone make $10,000 in 18 months, man, that brings up a lot of skeptics and a lot of people going, yeah, right. Well, but what if you knew that I based every step on a scientific research or experiment? So it's just proves that you can do it. And I could show you exactly how to do it. Then you begin to, that person sees it. It's not a miracle. It has nothing to do with just hocus pocus. It really is mental work because we know from science that what we think about creates our world. So if we think we're not worthy, we're going to not be able to create any worth. So once you get that, and that is proven all through uh, quantum physics, that really we create from what we see, you know, that we're the observer. Mm -hmm. And we, the observer, whatever they see in the scientific experiment is what is true for that scientific experiment. So basically, we create, our thoughts create. So once you get that, then you see that our job in life is to learn to create. 
Right. And we can create a negative thought as well as we can create a positive thought. So it's easier. uh, Yeah. And our thoughts are actually kind of our imagination. I mean, we have control over our thoughts. And I think that helping our clients understand that your thoughts aren't concrete. I mean, your thoughts aren't absolutes. They're part of what you choose. Well, and it's the brain, neuroscience shows us that we have neuroplasticity, that our brain can change. And Mm -hmm. so if we have a negative thought, we can change it. Now, it's challenging because Mm -hmm. negative thoughts are for protection for our brain. So we say they're like a Velcro, they stick. And so it's hard to change. Whereas a positive thought is like Teflon, it just slides right Mm -hmm. off because the brain says, oh, that's good, but there's no reason to, to remember that. So that's why repetition and really focus and intention and brain training is so important to this process. Is Absolutely vital. Yeah. Yeah, but you can do it. That's the cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have somebody partnering with you to help you learn that and expand on that and solidify that, then you're that much closer to it. Well, and help you, you know, what we do mostly is we help people be accountable for their goals. If you really want this goal, hey, dude, you know, if you really want this goal. (laughs) Yeah. If you want this $10,000, you better be paying attention and doing your exercises. There you go. And just remind them, you know, that how important this was to get that. It's going to solve so many of your problems and you're going to feel so much better just knowing that you can do that, if nothing else. Right. Now, last time we talked, you sh- I love that story that you shared about the client, and I'm so glad that you shared your $10 million client with us, but you also mentioned last time, so I'm going to try to tap into that, that you were going to share just a snippet of a story of a man who came to you because he was out of a job, and you said, and he found basically his spirituality, and he found God, I mean, and Andy found a job, guess which one he found first. Does that sound familiar? Yes, because it's my book. Okay. Okay. So that example's in your book. My book is called Divine Intelligence, and it tells the story of a man named Dan. And he was a real client, but of course, his name and his particulars are changed. But he came to me, uh, and it was in 2008, which was kind of the down market anyway. And he had been a senior vice president with a company. He was about 45, 50, somewhere in there. And all of a sudden, they fired him. They just let him go. So he wasn't to retirement yet, unfortunately, and yet he was a little bit old to edge himself back into a company. So he came to me after six months of not working, and his savings were dwindling. He had two kids in college. He, At that point, he was pretty desperate to get another job. So his frequency was pretty low at that point, too, I would think. Absolutely. So I just put him through my process and helped him get his frequency up. But one of the things he struggled with was he wanted to take the first job that came along, you know, because he was so desperate that if they offered him half of what he was making, he would take it. Because his thought was half was better than none. Uh (laughs) So one of the things he said to me, though, when he hired me was he said, you know, he said, I want to find a job, but my job was not fulfilling. And I really want to find out why I'm here. I really want to find a God. He said, you know, I've gone to church all my life. I'm a regular churchgoer, but I have no experience of feeling God. 
you know, so he really wanted that experience. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you do my process is you get to know yourself better. You, You strip off all of the things that are holding you back and you learn some really hard things about yourself when you coach with me because we have blind spots, you know, mm-hmm. that we can't see. And so I help you see them more. And with seeing them, then you can begin to let them go and shift away from them more. So as he did that, he began to see the strength in himself emerge. And he began to see that he had a lot of talents and a lot of strengths. And he began to let go of so many of those limiting beliefs that he got to a higher place. And with that, what he realized was that the only God he would ever know was the God inside of himself. So as he began to develop his strengths and his care and love and belief in himself, he began to experience God at a higher level. So it was a merging of two of his goals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to to answer the question, he had to find his inner God. He had to see that he was the creator of his life before he could create. And then when he did that, was he able to get employment? He was, guess what? He got a job. And it was totally different than he thought, but it was something with a nonprofit that he had wanted to do for a long time. And so, so he, he got that fulfillment yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now I think it's a good time in the interview to share your surprise. What are you offering to do? We're going to have Dr. Gardner on for another show. She's going to be my three-peater. This is exciting. (laughs) But she approached me with this idea, and I'm really excited about this. So, uh, Jane, you're coming back, and you're coming back for what purpose? Well, you know, I got to thinking when you said that about skeptics. You know, mm-hmm. because there's always skeptics to to uh, thinking that someone can change like that and create like that. So I thought, what if we really got someone on the show in real life that had a big goal that they were stuck on? And I really coached them right in front of an audience that this audience, what if I just showed them how it worked? And we looked at a limiting belief and we decided on what their plan was. And people just began to see the possibility fold right in front of their eyes. Excellent. So we will have a show where Jane actually does a coaching demo on the show mm-hmm. and we'll need a listener to be able to do that. So if you're interested in being coached by Dr. Gardner on the show, mm-hmm. I need you to send me your name, your contact information, and a little blurb about what you would like to be coached around. And then we will let everyone know who the client is going to be. Well, you'll know because you'll hear the interview and you'll see the the coaching. So that's really exciting. You'll be my first coaching demo on the show. That is lots of fun. And then you also had another surprise for the guests about your book. Well, yes, I want to share my book with as many people as I can, because if you're doubtful or if you're skeptical and you wonder how could this ever happen for me? because I want everyone to know they can be the creator of their life, that whatever their dream is, they can create it using the process. So I'd like to give away five of my books, and I'll just give them away to the top five that email you and say, I'd like one of Dr. Jane's books. Excellent. So that is even better than our normal book giveaway where I give away one book, you know, every couple of weeks. Instead, Jane's going to give away five books to the first five people who email me and you can either email me 
through the website at starcoachshow.com or directly at Meg at a focus on results.com. And that information will also be in the close of the show. So Jane, it is always such a pleasure to spend time with you. And I feel like it's been such a gift that I've got to meet you and have worked with you over the years and was able to reconnect with you. So thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your divine intelligence process with us. Well, and just one other thing, Meg, is you're one of those people that has a high frequency that I love to be with. And I bet your listeners can feel it over the air. So that's what high frequency is. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It was such a nice surprise when Dr. Gardner approached me right before we began taping for this week's show about her desire to do a demonstration on the show. So if you would like to be the client that is coached on the Star Coach Show by Dr. Jane Gardner, send me your name, your contact information, and what you would like to be coached around. You can either send that through the contact page, starcoachshow.com, or directly to my email address, meg at afocusonresults.com. If you would like to be one of the five people that she is giving a book to, you can indicate your desire for a book the same way, either through the contact page at starcoachshow.com or directly to my email at meg at a focus on results.com. And the first five responses that I get will get her book. I can't thank Jane enough for her generosity and becoming part of the show and sharing so much of her knowledge. If you'd like to know more about Dr. Jane Gardner, or about the Divine Intelligence Institute, and about our show, visit starcoachshow.com. Peruse the site, check out the resources and information about our guests on the resource page. You can give feedback for the show and things that would be helpful for you to hear by taking the survey that is on the homepage. And of course, if you'd like to contact me or sign up for our ongoing book giveaway, do that through the contact page. So this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have an awesome week.